Hey, what's up everybody? My name is DJ Martin. I'm the church pastor here at Parker Ford Church. Whether you're a member at Parker Ford or just joining us online today, it's great to have you with us as we continue our ongoing midweek teaching series. All year what we've been doing is we've been reflecting on, on different concepts in spiritual formation. And for the last several weeks, we've been talking about what it means to be children of God. This sits at the very core, the very foundation of of the spiritual formation journey, moving out of a posture or a spirit of being a spiritual orphan into a posture and a spirit of being a child of God. What we've been doing throughout this series is we've been reflecting on 20 basic contrasts between the spirit of an orphan and the spirit of sonship uh, from the book Spiritual Slavery to Spiritual Sonship. Each week we're taking about five of these principles. Uh, from this book. So this is part three. If you didn't watch or listen to part, parts one and two, uh, go back and listen to those before you engage today's teaching. I'm also beginning each of these teachings with a key scripture that talks about us as children of God and our identity. Today we're going to be in Romans 8, the well-known passage starting in verse 4. It says, for those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship. And by him we cry, Abba, Father. The spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. Now if we are children, then we are heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. If you know the passage in Romans 8, and you also know Paul's letter to the church in Ephesus, in Ephesians 1, he says almost the same thing in Ephesians 1, that, that the sure sign of God's of love in our lives, the sure sign that God has adopted us, is, is the fact that the Spirit of God dwells within us, and the Spirit of God dwelling within us actually proves that we have been adopted as children of God. We're sons and daughters of the living God. Let me read that again. He says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you received brought about your adoption to sonship, and by him, that's by the Spirit of God, we cry, Abba, Father. We know God as Father because of the Spirit of God living with, within us. So now we're going to move to some of these uh, basic contracts, uh, contrasts excuse me, between the spirit of an orphan and the spirit of sonship. Moving on in, in this uh, chapter where he's presenting these things, uh, Jack Frost writes about peer relationships. He says, orphans relate to their peers through competition, rivalry, or jealousy towards others' success and position. For sons, however, peer relationships are all about humility and unity as they honor and value others and sincerely rejoice in their blessings and success. I've told this story before, but it's, it's been a, an important illustration in my life. Um, my, my dad's a great dad and has poured into my life through, throughout my life since I was a little boy um, t up and through my adolescence into adulthood, adulthood. He's invested in me and cared for me and loved me and I'm, I'm very secure in his love and his care for me. A number of years ago, this is going back about 15 years or so, uh, my dad started working in this program uh, where he became a mentor 
uh, to a kid who was in the foster, uh, foster care system. This is in Missouri, where my family's from. And uh, my dad invested so heavily in this young man for several years. I mean, spent time with him uh, multiple times a week and, and just really poured out his, his love for this young man. And I was living on the other side of the country at the, at the time. So over the course of, the, of these uh, couple of years that my dad was really investing in, in his life, I heard all these stories and got to see pictures and and uh, heard about all the ways that my dad was, was spending time with him and investing in him. And ne- never for a moment was, was there any kind of jealousy uh, or rivalry or any sense of that because my dad had done the same thing for me when I was a kid. And so there was a sense of joy, overwhelming joy, like, I'm so glad you're doing this. Now, if my dad hadn't, wouldn't have invested, me in, invested in me in that way, I can imagine that I would have been like, what in the world? Like, why, why, are you, why are you pouring so much into him Like, when you didn't into me? When, when we think of God as, as a distant God, like not all that interested, maybe left us on our own in an isolated way, didn't care for us in the way that we maybe feel like we needed, then it's easy for us in that posture of, of sort of being a spiritual orphan to really get jealous of the way that God treats other people. And I've certainly experienced that at times, jealousy at things that are happening in other people's lives and wondering, like, why isn't God working in my life or my family in that way? But that's, that's the posture of an orphan. That's not the posture of a child of God who's been adopted because for, for sons, for sons and daughters, peer relationships, when we see God bless other people, we should actually be rejoicing. We should be celebrating that because God has, has first loved us in that way. We've been adopted. We've been uh, chosen and accepted uh, by him. He's, he's poured out his love, the riches of his love on us. And so when we, when we receive that, when we live as sons and daughters, then we can be so joyful at the way that God loves other people and we can participate in that as well. The next principle is handling others' faults. So how do we deal with other people's shortcomings? Frost writes, orphans being self-focused generally resort to accusation and exposure of other people's faults while denying or trying to hide their own. This is just basic defense mechanisms. You know, if we're really insecure, then we're going to be quick to point out the faults of other people because we're actually trying to deflect attention from our own shortcomings. However, sons are relationship-oriented. Rather than being self-focused, the focus is, is appropriately knowing who we are, but then viewing others appropriately as well. He says, in love, they cover, not hide, others' faults as they seek to restore those individuals in a spirit of love and gentleness. This is a, this is a really good revealer of where we're at in our relationship with God from a security standpoint how we handle our own faults, and how we handle faults in other people. Can we, can we be gracious both towards other people and towards ourselves, while also being honest about other people's faults and honest about our own faults? Seeking to, seeking to cover people's faults, and he, he puts here not hide. We're not, we're not trying to lie for people, but we're making allowance, as Paul says, multiple, multiple places, in, including in one of my favorite passages in Colossians 3, Paul says, make allowance for one another's faults. Cover one another's faults. Um, don't seek to point out other people's weaknesses as much as you're seeking to build them up. And, and yes, bring a word of correction when that's needed, but from the standpoint, from the motivation of trying to build them up and love them. All right, how do, how do sons or spiritual orphans view authority? 
This is a big one in our culture, our culture that just mistrusts authority. Um, and, and sometimes for good reason, there's a mistrust of authority. But that's not good when it becomes a mistrust of God's authority or the people that God puts in our lives to have appropriate authority. So because of the abuse and mistreatment that uh, they may have suffered at the hands of authority figures in their lives, orphans will see authority as a source of pain and are therefore suspicious of any other authority except their own. Sons, however, look at authority differently. Sons are respectful and honoring of legitimate authority, seeing authority figures as ministers of God for good in their lives. Another way of illustrating this contrast is to say that sons are teachable. So as, as you walk out your own adoption in Christ, as you are a son or daughter of the living God, do you have a teachable spirit uh, by authority figures? Do you, do you listen you know, to your doctor? Do you listen uh, to your spouse? Do you listen to your teacher? Do you listen to the elders in your church? Do you listen to your mentors? Do you seek out authority to learn from? This is a revealer. How you respond to authority is often um, a revelation of your own sonship or, or daughter, daughterhood, like how, how comfortable you are with God, how secure you are in your personhood. Because if you're just trying to, to earn uh, your, your value, if you're, if you're coming from the standpoint of being a spiritual orphan, uh, orphanhood, there's often going to be a mistrust uh, towards authority and a lack of teachable spirit. All right, how about admonition? This is um, closely tied into teachability. So orphans have a difficulty receiving admonition or correction, even godly admonition, because they have difficulty acknowledging their wrong. Sons receive admonition or correction as a blessing and a need in their lives because it exposes faults and weaknesses that they may not be aware of. I can't overemphasize how important this is to have a teachable spirit that can receive correction. How about expression of love? Orphans are guarded and conditional in their expressions of love. Expressed love by an orphan is based on others' performance and agreement. For sons, love is open, transparent, and affectionate. They lay down their own agendas in order to meet the needs of others. Now, I recognize that there's different personalities, and not everybody is touchy-feely. I love a good hug, and I like, I like handshakes and, and that kind of thing. And so uh, going through COVID over the last year plus ha- has been difficult. But um, th- he's not saying that everyone has to be touchy-feely in the same way. What, what he's saying is that those who are confident in their adoption in Christ, who live as sons and daughters, are going to be able to both receive and give love um, freely and openly. Whereas if you're self-protected and you're just trying to earn your own way, if, if you don't know the, the adopting love and grace of Jesus Christ, then, then often there's going to be an inability to both receive and give love appropriately. So here's a few questions to reflect on as we wrap up today's midweek teaching. How do you view authority? How do you view spiritual authority? So when, when there's an authority figure, do you mistrust it? Um, do you have or, you know, doubts in that authority, or, or can you lean into the authority of God and receive it through others? Are you teachable? How do you respond to admonition, correction? How do you respond to encouragement? Can you receive both encouragement and correction? And in what ways might Jesus be inviting you to move from an orphan posture towards a posture of sonship today? 
Thank you so much for joining us. I hope this has been an encouragement to you. I hope you have a great day. Go with God. Be blessed.